Time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. And now, let's take a look at some of our highlights from the latest issue, Volume 25, Issue 27, dated July 4th. From our news desk, tense legislative session comes to an end. Dems lost the carbon tax bill, but managed to pass other bills, including a new tax on cigarettes and paid family medical leave, by Chris Miller. Nine days after Senate Republicans walked away from the Oregon Capitol, many leaving the state, most returned on Saturday to participate in a whirlwind legislative session that ended just six and a half hours before the Oregon Constitution would dictate shutting down the session automatically. Republicans left the Senate to deny the Democrats a quorum because of their opposition to House Bill 2020, a cap-and-trade bill on carbon emissions Republican leaders said would have too large an impact on their rural constituents. The bill died June 25th, when Senate President Peter Courtney said there weren't enough Democratic votes to pass the policy either. Senators Betsy Johnson, Democrat 16, Arnie Roblin, Democrat 5, and Lori Monis Anderson, Democrat 25, all were set to vote no, according to a story on Oregon Live. Senator Tim Canope, the Republican senator who represents Bend, Redmond, Sun River, and Tumalo, said he returned to Oregon June 25th and worked over the weekend. Canope said the Senate Republicans left the state as a caucus decision to protest House Bill 2020 because they felt their concerns were not being heard by the Democrats. We thought there was an opportunity, and maybe time just ran out, even before the political protests that lasted nine days, Canope said. But that's where I think it broke down, because they made changes to the bill. They just didn't make any changes to the bill after they said that there was going to be a reset. Canope and Republican Senator Cliff Bentz tried to negotiate with Governor Kate Brown the day before the walkout, but to no avail. That seemed like we were being dismissed. And I think we were being dismissed, and we were saying, no, you can't do that. We're going to get your attention, Canope said. And this is the only opportunity we have to get your attention. This is our last resort. Next, this week's feature story. Got hemp? Move over cattle ranching. This industrious green plant is poised to take the number two slot in Oregon exports. By Magdalena Bacoa. Nestled between views of the Three Sisters to the west and a rocky outcrop of sage and juniper to the east, tiny green seedlings flutter in the wind as they begin to take root. Will and Moira Burns, newly married, and, until recently, hobby alfalfa farmers, squat in their newly planted 10-acre hemp field outside of Redmond, examining the rows of baby plants that will grow upwards of 8 feet tall. Moira smooths dust from one of the leaves, her pregnant belly making it difficult to be nimble while Will checks a drip line for leaks. Having had experience as medical marijuana growers in the past, led the Burns to convince their family members to try hemp farming on a small plot of their 100-acre-plus family land. If it seems like Central Oregon has exploded with newly planted hemp fields, it's not your imagination, and the data supports that observation. In 2015, under a newly established pilot program, there were 13 registered growers of hemp in Oregon according to the Oregon Department of Agriculture. Now, there are 1,342 registered growers on 46,219 acres in Oregon alone, and 
It's increasingly ballooning, especially as word gets out that hemp can be a promising cash crop. The Burns are some of the many Central Oregon farmers taking advantage of changes that happened with the passage of Congress's 2018 Farm Bill, which removed industrial hemp from the Controlled Substances Act. The bill classed hemp as an agricultural commodity, achieving something marijuana, the type that gets people high, has yet to do, become federally legal. Marijuana remains classed as a Schedule I drug, putting it on par with heroin and ecstasy which the Drug Enforcement Administration sees as having no medical benefit and high potential for abuse. With hemp, Oregon farmers had a head start in getting it to market. Oregon has had a hemp program in place since 2015. According to Oregon State University's Crop and Soil Science Department, Oregon hemp will soon beat out the current number two ranking commodity, cattle ranching, which yielded nearly $820 million in 2017 alone. Oregon is expected to net more than $1 billion in sales of hemp, and the entire U.S. industry is projected to hit $22 billion by 2020, according to New Frontier Data, which collects data on the emerging field. Deschutes County itself is the third-largest industrial hemp-growing county in the state, according to ODA, with over 75 industrial hemp farms registered in the county. It follows only Jackson and Josephine counties in production, Jackson County leads the way with 139 registered hemp farms. And finally, from Little Bites in our food section. Now open Miyagi Ramen by Keely Demera. After months of waiting, somewhat patiently, Miyagi Ramen is now open at the Box Factory in Old Bend. On July 1st, the restaurant masterminds behind the Boss Toro Steakhouse opened their doors to the public. That followed weeks of teasing ramen lovers with tantalizing kitchen test photos via Instagram. The menu is small, but packs a punch, with four carefully crafted ramen bowls, with one vegan option, as well as a not-ramen side section, and a few kids' options for little ninjas. Regular hours should be set by next week, but for opening week, they'll be serving up noodles in the afternoon, from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., and then in the evening, from 5 p.m. until they run out of food. For more on these and other stories, pick up the latest edition of The Source Weekly for free wherever you find yourself in Central Oregon, or log on to bendsource.com. I'm Sam Scholl.